This Bud Light, are you up for whatever happens next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Wait, do I have to drink the Bud Light? Yeah. Oh, uh, then no. What? Why? Because Bud Light tastes like a beer that someone already threw up. Yeah, it's like a liquid John Mayer song. Okay, but the thing is, like, it's all about whatever happens next. So if you could. Yeah, but it tastes like the flat soda that a homeless guy uses to rinse off birds. Yeah, that's exactly what it tastes like. Yeah. Okay, look, I'm not supposed to do this, but we have hidden cameras inside of this bar, and when you get outside, there's like illegal. gonna be this huge thing for you if you could just drink this Bud Light. You mean the beer that tastes like water strained from a gutter full of dog's teeth? Bud Light tastes like the scared urine of a rabbit. It's like Steven Seagal's pre-cum. Yeah, but we have like an epic night plan for you. Okay, listen to me very, very carefully. This is important. If a nickel could urinate, uh-huh. it would taste like Bud Light. That's exactly right. Yeah. Bud Light tastes like the ghost of a dead lemon. Basically, if water could just go bad. We have a stretch limo waiting for you guys outside with Peyton Manning in it, and he's gonna take you to play a game of giant Jenga, okay? And then after that, you're gonna go on one of those virgin galactic missions into space. That sounds amazing. I'm just not going to do it. All right, you know what? Just let me drink it. Okay, what does that taste like? Describe it. It tastes like if a raccoon ejaculated carbonated vinegar inside of an old log. That is yes. good. Yeah. Really nice. Bud Light, the only beer that makes you up for literally anything else. Now I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're our teenage guest is Jackie now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful like look. Did that voice inside you say I've heard it all before? It's like deja vu all over again. Special edition of the JC Corcoran Podcast. Friday, September 1, 2023. Normally, we don't do a podcast on Fridays. We do Monday through Thursday. But because I've been suffering from laryngitis and also the after effects of this hip replacement surgery two weeks ago, podcasts have been few and far between. And I'm really sorry about that. But there's really nothing I can do. Because by the time I get off the air on the radio show on KWOLF at 101.5 and 101.7 and streaming at KWOLF.com, by the time I get done with that, there's just been nothing left, and I've been sucking down hot tea. And let me just say this. I'm not a tea person, and, uh, you know, it's got therapeutic value. Therapeutic value. It's still really bad-tasting brown water. They put some lemon in. and Did that. That didn't help. Put some honey in. Did that. That didn't help. It's still rotten-tasting brown water. And when you stop to think about it, isn't it sort of a miracle that people are still drinking tea. You have all of this other competition from the sports drinks to Coke and Pepsi. And I don't care if you're talking about Sprite or Fanta or if you can find a Fresca <laughs> from the 1970s. But you have, you know, go through the supermarket and just sort of look at the grocery store and look at all the drinks there are. Who's still drinking tea with that kind of competition? And I know that, again, there are people who believe that it's got therapeutic value, and maybe that's the reason why, but it still tastes like shit. I just don't understand the appeal. And honest to God, I think the last time I tried tea was probably 25 or 30 years ago, but I've become so desperate that I started drinking some hot tea, 
It might have been helping a little bit. It wasn't hurting. And, you know, try not to have to spring, you know, for 80 bucks for like one of those humidifiers or one of those things you can breathe in the steam. If I want steam, all I have to do is open up to my back porch. and I got plenty of steam. You know, come to think of it, I haven't tried that. Maybe you just sit outside and breathe in hot, humid air. By the way, speaking of humidity, it's coming back. Beautiful day today, 85, 58 degrees. Overnight, it was in the 50s in most areas overnight last night. Uh, tomorrow, up to 88. And then the humidity comes back on Sunday, 93. Labor Day, humidity and 90 degrees. Got to get this stuff out of here. Got to start playing football in about a week. By the way, somebody asked Joe Montana, they said, who's the best quarterback of all time? During the brief period that I was doing sports talk radio on 590, the fan, that piece of shit, Jeff Vernetti, who I got stuck working with just all over me one day because we were talking about the best quarterbacks of all time, which is sort of a dumb conversation to have because all you really have to do is look up the record books. And if you're just looking at stats, well, there it is. There's not even any room for discussion because if some guy's got a quarterback rating of 128 and another guy's got a quarterback rating of 100, well, then the guy the 128 is higher than the 100 so where's the opportunity even for discussion so it was a dumb topic to begin with we got through the top 20 and you know all of the names that you would expect to be in the top 20 were there but because i was around in the 1960s to watch him play and because i witnessed what he almost single-handedly did for the game of football because nobody gave a rat's ass about the afl prior to a little game between the baltimore colts and the new york jets this little super bowl game involving joe willie namath and these guys just you know they jumped halfway up my colon you know what you're talking about you know what you're talking about well, it was amusing when, I don't know, it was a couple of years ago, I saw ESPN did a version of that, and they put the top 25 together, and Joe Namath was 23. These are the same guys who were all over me when I was adamant about the fact that the Rams were leaving St. Louis, and I don't care about the, you know, the drawings for the new stadium and the blueprints and the negotiations and the exploratory committees, and these guys are out there at Rams Park going, oh, there's a chance they could stay. You know, we're hoping they are going to stay. I'm like, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. They're gone. How do you know? Like, well, I don't really divulge my sources. Well, I talk to the Rams management, and they say that they're negotiating in good faith. I'm like, the Rams management is there. That fucking Kevin Demhoff, boy, you want to talk about a floating piece of shit with that guy who was basically paid to lie. Well, I talked to Kevin Demhoff, and I'm like, yeah, well, he's there to tell you lies. And little did they know. And, and, and again, I'm gonna, I want to back up a little bit here. You know how TMZ, and even to some extent, the National Enquirer. Now, I'm not fans of either one of those outfits, but I will say this about TMZ. They get it right almost every time. There have been very, very few instances where TMZ has come along and said something, you know, where they went way out on a limb on something and ended up being wrong. That doesn't happen very often. And if you're saying, well, well, how do they do it? And it's pretty simple. What they do is they stay completely away from all these management and PR types. Those people are paid. It's their job to keep you from sniffing out what's actually going on. What TMZ does, and like I said, to some extent, what the Inquirer did in a much sleazier fashion, they talk to the doormen and the parking attendants and the grunts, the people who are around who see everything and they know 
everything. And they pay those people. And they said, who did George Clooney leave the hotel with the other night? Well, let me tell you. And in my case, at a very similar situation. In one instance, we left for Houston. We were uh, in this house in Chesterfield, and we left to go to Houston for a brief period of time. They changed the format to hip-hop. What the hell was I supposed to do? So we came back to St. Louis, ended up going right back into the house that we had been in before we left for Houston. And the way we were able to do that is because we decided to rent that house initially, and it had become available again because the people who were in it while we were in Houston, the guy was one of the Rams auxiliary coaches. And I don't want to say too much more about that one. But in addition to that, we had two friends, both of whom had daughters who were working at Rams Park in various administrative positions. And their parents were telling us, oh, yeah, she's putting her resume together. She's got her stuff in a box ready to go. No, they, there's no question. The, they, they've been flat out told the team's leaving. So those were my sources. And even when the Rams eventually ended up leaving, I still had guys, names that you would know. And in some cases, guys I like. Well, you had a 50-50 chance and you just got it right. You were lucky. No, nope, that wasn't it at all. Do you know, I don't listen to any pregame or postgame stuff on anything. The Cardinals have like a, an hour-long pregame show and then there's probably a 45-minute long post-game show. I don't listen to any of it. You know why? Because nobody says a goddamn thing. Oh, good Lord willing, if we get to play our game and we stay healthy, they got a good squad over there, and we're doing going to just do our best. And the great Cardinal fans, we know they're there for us, and have a nice day. That's what the whole thing has turned into, and it's turned into that because of communication, the internet, and the way stories spread, the proliferation of sports talk stations that are looking for anything, anything at all that they can glom onto and do an hour and a half on the air about. And also, nobody wants to be the guy to, you know, dish out some sort of obnoxious quote that the opposing team gets a whiff of and says, oh, really, huh? Well, let's make sure we go get this guy first on Sunday, and it just fires him up even more. And, you know, if you've played sports in high school or college, you know, sometimes they even take the newspaper clipping and they pin it up on the wall in the clubhouse in the locker room, and they say, look what this guy, look what this guy thinks. Let's go get this guy. Look what they, These guys think they're just going to walk all over us, and it gets the team pumped up. You don't want to be that guy who supplies them with that information. So, Nobody says a fucking thing anymore. No pregame, no postgame. And local sports reporters on TV are becoming more and more dispensable every day. I really think that's why you're seeing what you're seeing. You know, Channel 4 says, okay, we're going to put Brooke on doing the sports. What about Doug Vaughn? Who would you rather look at on TV, Brooke or Doug Vaughn? So Brooke comes on and everybody's like, ah, sports, ah. So Channel 5 comes along and goes, oh, oh, we didn't know that would work. You know, we get this girl fresh out of high school from Clayton High who has boobs the size of Volkswagen Beetles. Let's put her on. What about Frank Cusimano? What would you rather look at? So, you know, it comes down to the point where, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. This is why I always laugh at this insider thing. Oh, our Rams insider, our Cardinals insider. Isn't it funny when there's a story, a big story, a trade, whatever. Everybody gets the story at exactly the same time. So much 
for your insiders. How did I get off on this? I've totally forgotten how I did that. Oh, by the way, Joe Montana's answer to the question was Dan Marino, Hall of Fame quarterback and isotoner glove salesman. All right, flashing back to the year 2000. I used to like that feature that Kona did. In the year 2000. I can't hit the note because of my laryngitis. Well, anyhow, it was on the state back in the year 2000 that a movie I've been asked about a lot. And my answer is always the same. It's practically a documentary. The movie is called Almost Famous. Written and directed by the great Cameron Crowe, who gave us Jerry Maguire, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I didn't like Vanilla Sky. There are parts about Elizabethtown that I really like. I think as a whole, it fails as a movie, but there's some great scenes in it. Whatever you do, don't rent We Bought a Zoo. That's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. That was right about the time that Cameron Crowe was losing his mojo, I believe, because he lost his muse. That, of course, being Nancy Wilson from Heart. As I was watching it, I remember thinking to myself, man, does he have this nailed. Man, does he have it nailed. This is exactly what the whole vibe was. It's exactly how it felt. And it turned out that in a conversation I was having with Ann Wilson of Heart, And, of course, her sister was married to Cameron Crowe and was the musical director for a lot of his films before they ended up getting a divorce. But as I said, I was talking to Anne about the whole thing. Is there anything in the movie Almost Famous that you can trace back to something that happened to Hart? Yeah, the the scene in the airplane when they think that they're going to crash. Seriously? Yeah. We were on a flight uh, in our private plane, and um, Cameron was with us, and we were used to turbulence, but that was severe turbulence and everybody was really shaken up by it cameron was with us and he was just quite he was just so scared (laughs) and everybody started going i really love you man i just love you uh as if they're saying their last statements you know and then of course we land and everything's fine (laughs) so yeah he he took that scene and kind of embellished on it and she said that cameron was always walking around with a little notepad and asking a lot of questions writing everything down, things that would eventually pop up in his movies. Passengers showing up at LAX found relatively smooth flying coast to coast one day after Hurricane Idalia raced through the southeast. This is like the smoothest travel day I've had in a long time. Usually there's been like so many delays. 57% of Americans say they plan to take a trip for Labor Day, capping the busiest summer travel season on record. The TSA has already screened more than 227 million passengers since Memorial Day and expect another 14 million by Tuesday. Took the kids out of school this week and trying to get exactly that last summer, summer break. Despite travel headaches in July, the nation's airlines canceled 21% fewer flights compared to last summer. But delays are up, with one in four leaving late. No, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. There's still a lot of work to do and a long way to go. But given everything that the system has been up against this summer, it's performed quite well. Most Americans will be driving to their Labor Day destination. We usually never travel on the holidays because of the crowd and the gas prices. But we have a friend and we just wanted to get out of the heat. Gas prices are averaging nearly 3.83 a gallon. No matter how expensive gas prices are, when people decide to go on vacation, they just budget in the price of gas. They're going to take that trip. 
AAA expects the busiest times on the road to be Friday afternoon and then all day on Monday. They recommend either driving in the evening or shifting your days to less busy days during the weekend. And then the airlines expect the airports to be busiest tomorrow and again on Monday, Nora. Hey, thanks and everything, but I've told you before, stop calling me Nora. Now, here's the thing about that report. The networks are always saying how expensive it is to do network news. Take that report right there, put it in a file, stick a post-it note on it, say next Labor Day, take this story out and just run it again. Because again, it's the same thing every year. AAA says we're going to have millions of people. It's going to be crowded. The airports are going to be crowded. Thanks for that report, but thanks for nothing. And by the way, if you're not grilling this holiday weekend, you are in the minority. 61% of Americans say they plan to grill something at some point over the weekend. <laughs> I like this stat. Americans consume 818 hot dogs every second from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Our pal and our very good friend John Hewlett will not eat hot dogs. And if you think I'm making this up, I'm not. We actually talked about it on the air. Back in the day, he uh, he didn't eat hot dogs because he thought that the little ends of the hot dogs looked like anuses, and therefore he would not eat hot dogs. <laughs> like I said, I'm making this up. I'm not. The origins of Labor Day get traced all the way back to 1882. 10,000 workers assembled in New York for a parade. And a couple of years later, Congress came along and said, eh, make the first Monday of every September a federal holiday. What is interesting about this, according to some recent data, 67% of Americans approve of labor unions. And while that's a pretty healthy number, what do the other 30 plus percent of Americans think about labor unions that makes them not want to support them? The 40-hour work week, the restrictions on child labor, all sorts of stuff labor unions are responsible for. Now, again, I know because I've been in these situations too, where you're in a union environment and there's some guy just walking around not doing a goddamn thing. We had a couple of instances of that over on the radio side and a couple of instances on the television side. And you're like, how does this guy get away with this? He's walking around every day. He just comes in and does nothing. He's being protected by his labor union. And it's real easy to take that and run with it. But the truth of the matter is, without the unions, and I've seen it up close, especially at the TV stations, the management of these TV stations, they would run these photographers and reporters and stuff. They'd run them right into the ground if they could get away with it. But they can't because they have to abide by the rules and regulations, you know, put together by the unions. So like I said, that uh, 30 plus percent of Americans who do not have a good view of labor unions mystify me but it probably means that they're either just stupid or they've never read a newspaper in their lives being that this is the first of september we take a look ahead to a lot of stuff that is going to be facing us during the month of september nfl season kicks off next thursday tennis fans have the u.s open through september 10th the equalizer is out today that's a denzel washington thing and clips of that show pop up on my Facebook feed all the time. Man, does he play a bad motherfucker. My God. Also, by <laughs> my Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 comes out next weekend. If you want to do that to yourself, uh, Nia Vardalis, she was wonderful in the original movie, and then they tried to do sequels. 
There was something she did called uh, My Life in Ruins. My Life in Ruins, one of the few movies I've ever walked out of. You know, it's my job to sit there, whether I like the movie or not, and watch the whole thing, be a responsible reporter, movie critic, whatever. You can't do that if you don't sit through the movie. In this particular case, I don't know, something just hit me that day where I was thinking, you know what? Life's too short. And I booked also, The Expendables 4 coming out, another Saw movie. First day of fall, by the way, September 23rd. ton of TV shows are coming back, even with the writer's strike. Name that tune, I Can See Your Voice, Master Singer, The Voice, Survivor, Amazing Race. New seasons of Sex, Education, and Love is Blind. On Netflix, the latest Walking Dead spinoff, The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, AMC on September 10th. After Labor Day on Monday, you got Beer Lovers Day on the 7th, Stand Up to Cancer Day on the 8th, Talk Like a Pirate Day on the 19th, 29th is National Coffee Day. We are another month closer to the presidential election next year and another month closer to all this uh, litigation that's coming down, all these trials and lawsuits and uh, motions and just all this legal stuff. You remember Reince Priebus? Reince Priebus was this little squirrel from the Republican Party. He had been the chairman of the Republican Party. And one of the reasons I liked watching him is because he was, on occasion, capable of telling the truth. I've been holding on to this for a couple of weeks and keep forgetting to put it in the podcast. And I finally saw it yesterday. I was like, oh, that's right. I got to put this in here. This is uh, just... These are great observations from Reince Priebus. Is placating the base going to doom the Republican Party in the general election? Well, I mean, if you look at the polling today, George, it shows that the election would be tied between President Trump and, and President Biden. Biden's running about 20 percent below where he was in 2020. And if you look at Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin, they were all three decided by less than half a percentage point. We're not dealing with a national election anymore. We are dealing with eight elections in eight states, and it comes down to 100,000 people. And the campaigns know what beer you drink, what car you drive, how many kids you have, how much money you make, and what drives you and what doesn't drive you. And all of this is going to get thrown into the washing machine and throw Cornell West in as well and a real Green Party candidate. I don't know what's going to happen. But are you pretty confident Donald Trump's going to get the nomination? I mean, at this point, I think there's a couple people making moves. I think that Vivek has made some moves. I think Chris Christie's made some moves in New Hampshire. But, I mean, they're all running 20, 30, 40 percent below President Trump. And my point before is that these issues, indictment after indictment, election integrity, these this is embedded into I, I, the decision-making that, that you're asking I, 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 if he's going to be the nominee. I totally get that, and I want to go to Don in a second, but I just have to ask you one more question. So you believe he's more likely than not uh, yes. to be the nominee at this point. Are you comfortable with the fact, as a former chairman of the RNC, a former chief of staff uh, in the White House, with your nominee facing three felony trials as he's moving into the general election? Well, look, I, I don't think it helps you in a general election. I mean, certainly these indictments are not comfortable. I would be like, you know, curled up in a ball in the corner, you know, if it was me. But the reality <laughs> is, is that... Refreshing candor there. <laughs> I can't take that kind of heat. But, uh, I, you know, the reality is, is that where we're at right now in this country where division is profit and unity is a loser, uh, and all of this just creates more and more attention uh, for President Trump, 
Uh, he's going to be, I think, at this point, if he keeps going, the nominee. (laughs) Curled up in a ball in the corner. So that's pretty much it, huh? All right, on Friday, we like to do the science news. And a genetic study found humans almost went extinct 900,000 years ago, which is not that long. You know, in the grand scheme of things, an estimate is there were only about 1,280 of us left at one point. Less than 2,000 human beings were left. We almost didn't make it. Here's something you probably already knew. A study found intense dreams can spill over into real life and affect you at work. Space News. Japan's version of NASA made a line of skincare products specifically for astronauts. Your skin gets uh, sort of itchy and dry up there. A study also found seniors who frequently have sex tend to stay sharper mentally, even people in their 90s. If you have a broken heart, is there anything that can help you? The answer is yes. Laughter. Laughter every day promotes the flow of oxygen and expands heart tissue for people with heart disease. So more proof, laughter really is the best medicine. Oh, here's a good one. The streaming service Max is reportedly thinking about adding CNN news alerts while you're watching content. So you're in the middle of watching, you know, The Last of Us or something, and suddenly there's a random update about Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And a lot of subscribers are saying, if you do that, we will cancel. Mark Cuban says he's traded players from the Dallas Mavericks because they smoke too much weed. The show business world has reacted, boy, to say favorably would be the understatement of the century. Meg Ryan has written and directed a romantic comedy. She co-stars with David Duchovny, and the trailer is out. The movie comes out October 13th. I put the trailer up on my Facebook page, The Showgram with J.C. Corcoran. Go ahead and watch it. It does seem to have flashes of the old Meg Ryan stuff. And when I say stuff, I just mean... As long as you go into the theater, understanding that, you know, you're not going to see Oppenheimer and this is a romantic comedy, then you might end up having a good time. Jimmy Kimmel says he was ready to retire, but he changed his mind when the writer's strike started. Michael Jackson's album, Bad, came out on this date in 1987. It was followed by Weird Al Yankovic's album, Even Worse which I think is one of the funniest show business stories I've ever heard in my life. This is the 26th anniversary of Princess Diana not making it. Want to win some money in a bar bet? How many baseballs, on average, does a Major League Baseball game use? Answer, 84 to 120. That's about 900000 per season. The league's annual budget for balls is $10 million. Each ball costs about 7 bucks before taxes and shipping. And virtually every baseball made and used in the major leagues is assembled in Costa Rica. You go to Costco and they got those four ninety nine chickens and you're like, how do they do it? The answer is they don't. Costco loses about $40 bucks a year by selling those rotisserie chickens for that price, but it's worth it because it draws people into the store and they buy lots of other stuff. We're just talking about the science news and some outer space stuff. The guy who invented the super soaker water gun worked at NASA. He helped develop the stealth bomber. And a study found beer goggles just might be a myth, but calling alcohol liquid courage is accurate. We don't actually find people in social settings more attractive when we're drunk, but we're more likely to walk up and talk to somebody that we do find attractive if we're a little loaded. 
And a new study found that 46% of Americans are bored at work for at least three days of the work week. Main problem seems to be that jobs have become monotonous. 71% of workers who have been in the same role for two years say their job feels too routine. And that's a problem because most Americans actually do want to like their jobs. We have fairly unique names in our family. We have Addison, we have Whitney, we have Francesca, we have Clarissa, we have JC. If you have a unique name, maybe it's a blessing, maybe it's a curse. I guess it just depends. Somebody went through the Social Security Administration's official list of baby names from last year, and they picked the weirdest ones for girls. Minnow, Banksy, Delight, Katniss, K-A-T-N-I-S-S. Oh, like in the Hunger Games. Sparkle, who will probably end up being a stripper when she grows up. Pearly, Menorah, Canary, Bethlehem, Strawberry, and Cinderella. Unusual boys' names. Barley, Dragon, Texas, Utah, Daytona, Fender, Clever, Cotton, Rooster, Chaos, Ruckus, Crash, Forbes, Lancelot, and awesome. Back on a local level, the Japanese festival happens this weekend. The Greek fest happens this weekend. They're saying that if there's nothing to impede the natural suppression of gas prices, which occurs at this time of year, pretty much every year, you know, the travel season is over. It's the supply and demand thing. You know, the demand goes down, prices come down. And they're saying between now and the end of the year, unless there's, you know, something like a major hurricane that, you know, goes right into refineries or something. But if, if everything, you know, they're just basically saying if everything stays the same, gasoline prices could go down 35 to 50 cents by the end of the year. Adam Wainwright's going to pitch again on Sunday. If you've been watching this, you already know this. Adam Wainwright's last two starts have been damn good, especially the last one, which was, yeah, he looked like he was 30 again. You don't score any runs. You don't usually win the game. And the offense behind Adam Wainwright, when he's been out there pitching, has been miserable. But like I said, I'll say this. If he gets to 199, let's say he does it on Sunday. He gets to 199. Can you imagine how berserk the ballpark's going to be every time he's scheduled to pitch? Because every go, everybody's going to want to be there to see it. So there's still the possibility of some major Big-time excitement out at Bush Stadium sometime between now and the end of the month when the regular season ends. So at least we have that. Oh, and you saw Harrison Bader got picked up off waivers by Cincinnati, so we'll see him in Cincinnati next weekend and then in a couple of weeks back at Bush Stadium. That should be pretty cool, too. And if you were looking for the Mizzou game last night and couldn't find it or got some weird messages on your screen, here we go again. First of the month, Disney Corporation owns a lot of the sports channels on which the Mizzou and other you know college basketball and football that you see all the time and they're in a big snit right now because it's one of those deals where you see those things on the screen you know call and complain because they want so much money and we can't pay we're trying to save money so that you don't have to pay more and it's all bullshit but it was for that reason that almost nobody saw the game last night and mizzou wanted 35 to 10 it was only south dakota you know eventually something gives and the channel goes live again but for right now they're still trying to work it out who gets screwed in the deal we do okay so just a reminder i'm gonna book out of here now and enjoy the holiday weekend like everybody else 
get a bonus edition of the podcast here at jconthelinecom And again, apologies. I'm sure you can still hear it in my voice. I have very little to work with here. I'm hoping for a nice quiet weekend where I can rest the vocal cords. We still have a JC Roots Rock Sunday show coming up this uh, Sunday morning from 9 to 11 on K-Wolf. That's at 101.5 in St. Louis, 101.7 out west. And we stream at kwolf.com. That would be K-W-U-L-F.com, kwolf.com, 9 to 11. Great songs from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. A couple of little surprises. A lot of Beatles, Stones, Motown. Oh, I love playing the Motown stuff, so we'll do that too. And again, that is Sunday morning from 9 to 11 on K-Wolf. And can't say it enough, be careful out there. A lot of guys, you know, driving 70 miles an hour to get to the Home Depot to buy mulch that's on sale, and they're not paying attention to their driving, and the next thing, you're picking somebody else's fender out of your ass. So just watch it out there. And have some fun, too. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday morning, and there really shouldn't be any more interruptions in the podcast schedule, which is Monday through Thursday. And uh, watch the laryngitis get worse now. Over the holiday, and I'll have to apologize to you again next week. No, no, no. Keep your fingers crossed. Everything's going to work out fine. Have a great holiday weekend. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The JC Corcoran Podcast.